I'm Jasper Pattenden at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. A very good evening and welcome to the Wickham Wanderers Show. What's going on? Oh, very good question, Colin. Uh, no Colin this week, he is away on holiday. Probably lying on a beach somewhere. Forgetting about the world. Uh, it is Luke with you for the next 50-ish minutes. Uh, as always, we have an excellent show for you. Coming up tonight, very shortly, a pre-match briefing with Phil. Uh, later on, we'll hear from Wickham Wanderers manager, Matt Bloomfield. Uh, continuing the celebration of 30 years in the league, uh, Phil talks to Andy Kerr about his time at the club. Uh, Craig Anderson will update us on Wickham Wanderers women as well a little bit later on. Uh, another week gone for the chair boys. Another busy week with two games as well. Uh, Oxford on Saturday. Let's talk more about that and Tuesday night's game with Phil. How are you doing, Phil? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, uh, a bit exhausted from the heavy schedule. I, I can only imagine how the players feel, but yeah. I don't think we get the rest and recuperation in the media team that perhaps we should. Should we ask for it, maybe? I'm not sure what the answer Well, I'm actually I'm <laughs> we very sure what the answer will be. Uh, before we look <laughs> ahead to uh, Oxford, let's go back to Tuesday night uh, where Wickham Wanderers, and especially in the second half, played excellently. Um, uh, very frustrating at the end of it. We were up at the gantry. Jack Grimmer was talking about the fact that he thought we were going to win this. We thought that as well, uh, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, frustrating is the word because first half performance wasn't the Wickham that we've seen of late. The second half performance was excellent and we can take great heart from it, of course, because it was against a team that's right up there and it's been playing really, really well. But it doesn't matter if you fight back from 2-0 down, if, if you lose the game 4-2. Um, credit to Bolton for the way they responded um, so late on. It must have been very deflating for them, potentially, to, to lose that lead. But they dug in very, very quickly and, and went straight back up the other end uh, and got the third goal. The penalty, I'm guessing we were pushing up and leaving gaps and it, there's always a risk of that. Uh, it certainly wasn't a 4-2 game and I think as frustrating as it is, we can take heart from the fact that you know, two or three of those goals were very preventable from a Wickham Wanderers point of view um, and we've probably done enough to win the game otherwise. Um, so yeah, I think we've had a little run of games against clubs top top end of the table where performances have been good and encouraging, but we now need to turn that into results and, and what better place to start than a Kassam on Saturday. Uh, and something else that the, um, the manager mentioned as well is the team is still fairly new. It's still mostly younger players, new players coming into the squad as well. Um, and there will be those times and those matches where there are, there are little errors, um, but it's, it's looking good. Yeah, you know, and these younger players, as technically gifted as they are, are still learning... Um, you know, the competitive nature of the game and they've been brilliant to watch um, and they're learning every week, of course they are, but some some on-the-pitch know-how from some of the senior players down the years that we remember, like seeing games out, um, you know, they're picking those things up now and it'll be, hopefully, we can see that on Saturday, uh, that being applied, but plenty to take heart from from that game on Tuesday. Now, like, having reflected back on it a few days later, um, hopefully we can see that coming into the four against Oxford United and in what will hopefully be another fantastic game and you know hopefully it's been used a lot there because we all hope in football and we all know it's the hope that kills you but I think Saturday should be a great game obviously Blooms after the game frustrated as well which is the other word that we've had to use a lot and you know speaking to him after the game he was looking for those positives too first and foremost I thought it was an extremely entertaining game a very good game between two very good teams um 
Um, we were really sort of frustrated not to take anything out of the game. Um, on the balance of play, first half was was obviously Bolton's, and second half was ours. Um, the um, you know we played in their territory, we played on the front foot. We were able to correct a couple of things tactically at half time, and it really enabled us to to take be in the ascendancy and get the momentum. Um, so I'm really really proud of the way the boys responded. Obviously we weren't quite so happy at half time, but. And the balance of, of play, you know, more shots, more shots on target, more attacks, more dangerous attacks. Well, it was all ours, but ultimately we've we've lost the game. On Saturday, you, you said you were calm at half time despite being down. Was it a different approach at half time this time? The boys were out very quickly for the start of the second half. No, um, it was very calm again. The boys were out on time today. Um, Bolton weren't, so I'm not sure if anything's done about that. Um, it seems to be a bit of a habit that we've come up against recently, where. Um, clubs aren't quite coming out, you know, the bell goes, you're supposed to come out to play the game, with which um, we abide by, um, so we weren't out quick, we were out on time, we were very calm again on half time, I just felt like we needed to try and correct a couple of things tactically, which we did, um, uh, and the boys responded, I think that you know, there's obviously a time and a place for reacting in different ways in a half time, but the last two games we felt the right approach has been to correct things tactically, which we, we've done, and um, I think it's paid off in terms of our performance levels after half-time. Max Strieck has been superb for Wickham Wanderers, but 99 times out of 100, he probably saves that, that Paris Mahomes shot in the first half. Yeah, um, he's been top for us, hasn't he, for um, a season uh, and, and a bit already, um, and he's been very, very good. He's a calm character, and I expect him to respond in, in the way that he will. We know he will. Um, he's, a, he's a calm boy now. He's, he's, uh, he's matured in his play. He's matured... Um, off the pitch and we're, we're proud to have him here we're pleased with what he's been doing recently both with his hands and with his feet um, you know he's very disappointed in there with, with the manner of that but um, I know we're responding the right man he must have been delighted with the start of the second half and some strike from Luke Leahy yeah we, we, we came out the trap strong didn't we we came out with that intensity that we wanted in the first half um, it was some strike from Luke worthy of getting um, you know being part of a, a winning if not a, a drawing performance he's been Top for us, Lukey, both on and off the pitch. He's such a good character to have, a, have about, always lively, always laughing and joking, always wanting to help others, which is the, the biggest characteristic I love about him. He always wants to give and help those around him. Uh, we also know he's got a fine strike in him as well, and he, he showed that tonight. Um, you know, I thought at that point it, it did look like it was us uh, playing in the opposition's half. We had some good play around the box, so loads of nearly moments, and ultimately it was his strike that got us back in the game. And a great moment for David Wheeler after coming back from injury. And at 2-2, you can forgive the crowd then for thinking, well, we've got the momentum, there's only one winner here, but credit to Bolton, I guess. Yeah, we just felt that we were getting some good deliveries from the left-hand side, and with, with Wheels' extra um, aerial ability coming at the back post, we, we felt that that would, could have been a route to a goal. Obviously, got it from a rebound on the floor, but um, yeah, great moment for David. He's got a knack of you know rocking up in the box at the right time and getting on the end of things um, and it just felt at that moment that we were in the ascendancy the third goal for Bolton comes very soon after that you know we nearly get out on the counter attack twice just breaks down and, and leads to a corner and we don't defend that in the right way so um, disappointing um, but the thing I love about this group is the honesty you know there's, there's players waiting and queuing to put their hand up to mistakes in there in terms of taking responsibility they want to be better um, you know and we're four months into an evolution and I think that we've learnt lessons a lot already. Um, the performance levels have been very, very good recently, but ultimately we want to make sure that those performances are, are transformed into results. 
another blow this evening is that fifth yellow card for the season for Josh Goad, which means he will miss the game at Oxford on Saturday. Yeah, obviously we've known that for the last couple of games that that's hanging hanging over him, uh, and uh, you know, inevitably we thought that the way he plays it m might mean that he misses a game at some point. So um, yeah, it's disappointing for us. I think Joshy's been top. Uh, he's been top for us this season. Big character. Um, we'll lose him, but you know, when one door closes, no one opens it. There'll be an opportunity for, for someone else to to stake their claim for a place in the team. So um, we're really proud of the squad. We're pleased with the squad we've got, and we'll uh, move forward. You mentioned about the fact that we've been playing a lot of teams in the top half of the league, where of course Wickham are as well. Uh, Oxford United will play them on Saturday, uh, second in the league. They've had a great season so far. Yeah, brilliant. Um, although they've lost the last game and drawn the last game, same record as Wickham in the last two games. Uh, you could look at that and think that Cameron Brannigan has missed both of those games through illness. Uh, and as much as we wish Cameron Brannigan well, I hope he's not fit and well enough to play again on Saturday because he's a great player. Um, I think they've added some really good quality to their squad over the summer. I think um, Ruben Rodriguez from Notts County was a great signing. You could see how excited all the Oxford fans were and how gutted Notts County um, fans were to lose him. Uh, and he's made that step up really, really well from the National League into League One. Um, Greg Lee from left-back is their top scorer and has been identified by the Oxford fan I spoke to on, on pre-match drills as a, as a real threat. And they seem to be a really well-balanced team and Leah Manning has done a fantastic job. In, in what was a really tricky situation last season. Um, they nearly went down, um, but I think he's had a good summer to put his philosophy in place and seems to have really brought the team together off the pitch as well by the look of it. And uh, you can see the results of that on the pitch. And the table doesn't lie at this stage of the season. They're up there for a reason and, and Wickham Wanderers have got to go there and hopefully uh, prove a point. Even though we've not had all three points from the last couple of games, the fact that we've been playing against these teams that are above us and playing well, uh, and we'll hear from the manager a little bit later on, will give fans hope on Saturday that we will come away with three points. Yeah, look, we could go into any game in this division um, with hope of getting a, a really good result. And it's it's not blind hope or, or ridiculous faith to have that attitude. It's it's what we've seen on the pitch. You know, we went to Portsmouth on a on a Tuesday night and we're unlucky to lose there. Um and they've had an even better start to the season than Oxford United. Uh, if we were getting absolutely off, uh, played off the park and, and losing 3-4-0 every week, you could understand the despondency. But, um, but there isn't any despondency in this situation because of, of the patterns of play and, and what we're doing. Yes, winning is a habit, and I think we need to find that habit against the teams in the top half of the table. Um, we've made great strides from the slow start we made, and if we keep making the strides we're making and convert those um, performances into good results against the top half table of top half teams in the table, we could be looking at a very second, exciting second half of the season. Uh, someone that won't be there on the pitch, at least on Saturday, will be Josh Scowan after his uh, fifth yellow card in a row? Not in a row. Fifth yellow card uh, of the season yep. so far, which... You have to get up to game 19 uh, to, if, to escape a one-game uh, suspension. Look, you know, we've lost Josh to suspension in the past. It's the nature of his game. We knew it was coming. Yeah, he's it's, it's not a dirty player, but it's the nature of his game. He loves a tackle. We get stuck in. Uh, and, you know, it's tricky now with the way the refs are, are brandishing cards around. Um, and look, I think he's been hanging over him the last couple of games. So I think... We knew it was coming. He wasn't going to get to game 19 really realistically without getting the extra booking. Um, it's a shame it's come against Oxford United because it's such a big game, regardless of where both teams are in the table. It's our local neighbours. They will tell us it's not a derby, but it's great for the fans because it's a local tie. They can, we can travel in great numbers. We can have a, a great atmosphere and hopefully enjoy another fantastic result there. We've had some good results there down the years.
Fingers crossed. Uh, let's talk about Luke Leahy as well, uh, who will be on uh, Ringing the Blues in a couple of weeks' time on Tuesday. Uh, another goal for him on uh, Tuesday, but he's somebody that's come into the side and feels like he's been here, well, for years. Yeah, he's really bought into the culture at Wickham Wanderers, and he's. Uh, I think he's really flourishing. He, he, you can tell he's really, really enjoying himself mm. on the pitch as well. So he's uh, a shame he hates talking to the media, though, because he just <laughs> he doesn't very, like to talk to us. Very shy, isn't yeah. he? Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's enjoying himself on the pitch and and off the pitch as well uh, at the training ground. He's he's bouncing around Marlow Road, uh, quite literally playing table tennis when he's not on the training pitches. Um, but yeah, a great character to have around. Um, he's always got a smile on his face. He's always up to something. Uh, he's always interrupting us when we're trying to film. Um, but he's brilliant. It's that infectious energy that you want. And these are the sorts of characters and leaders we want. And especially for the younger players to look up to too, because Luke's been around a bit. He's in his prime now, but for the likes of Freddie Potts and Dale Taylor, etc., Killian Phillips, you know, they're about eight or nine years younger than than, uh, than Luke. And they'll be looking up to him and thinking, yeah, he's a great example for us. And yeah, he's he's a real what I would call Wickham Wanderers player, which, as you say, is a ridiculous thing to say when he's only been here for a few months, but it feels like he's been here for a long, long time. Someone else that you just mentioned is Freddie Potts. Uh, if people didn't see uh, Know Me, Knowing Blues, actually, from <laughs> last week, uh, how dare you? Um, something, something really nice came out of that about talking about the family of the club. And it's something that, obviously, uh, we've known for a very long time because we've been around in the club for a long time. Um, but something that uh, Matt Bloomfield said that he wanted to keep as the manager, keeping the family atmosphere. And it was nice to hear Freddie Potts, who, again, who hasn't been here for a long time, talking about that family atmosphere. Yeah, and saying that he'd heard about it before coming here and then... He says not realising what it actually meant until till being here and, and being made to feel welcome. And it was lovely to see how he talks about how the whole squad is really united and the older players like Gareth McCleary, who's really close with Freddie Potts and how valuable that must be for, for Freddie as well. And look, Potts is going to be a hell of a player, mm. we can see it. And when West Ham get him back at the end of the season, uh, he's going to be a much better player in terms of his all-round game. Uh, and hopefully they'll see the benefits of it. And Wickham Wanderers, a bit like what we've done with Ezra and, and Mawson down the years, uh, when he does go on and gets to the top level, as I'm sure he will, we, we can take an element of pride in, in our part in that journey. But that's a long way away yet. Yeah, we've got the rest of the season, hopefully, to enjoy of Potsy in a Wickham Wanderers shirt. And who knows what level he's going to be at by the end of the season. Uh, on Saturday then, uh, obviously we're now on to our fourth starting captain. Uh, obviously JJ was on, then he went off. Uh, Jack was then captain, he was then injured. Josh obviously won't be playing. Uh, so who's going to be captain and have we? is this the m- most amount of captains we've had starting? There's something for you to work out on Saturday. Yeah, I'll have to have a look in my in my notebooks to work out when, when, uh, when we've had a, a run like this. Um, look, you know, we've talked about Luke Leahy earlier. I don't know who's playing on Saturday, so, you know, obviously they have to... Did you not to... work out the team? I thought that was you. Uh, well, if, even if I did, I wouldn't be telling anybody <laughs> at this stage. Uh, it's definitely not me, don't worry. Um, so if Luke is starting, then he would be a contender. Uh, if Richard Keogh is starting, then, then he's a contender as well. Sam Vokes, uh, David Wheeler, these are all players that... Um, Gareth McCleary, you know, these are all... Big players for Wickham Wanderers, um, big characters, leaders themselves. Um, there's no shortage of those in, in the building. Um, whoever takes the captain's armband, I'm sure, will wear it with pride and, and do the club proud. Thank you, Phil. As always, a pleasure to talk to Phil. I feel like we've we forgot to do something quite a lot, which was... 
just a couple of those. Uh, as I mentioned, Luke Lee, he will be on Ringing the Blues uh, in a couple of weeks' time as well. So make sure you listen out to that on a Tuesday evening uh, in, uh, yeah, I think about two weeks' time. Uh, the League One table, something that we didn't mention, uh, how that stands at the moment. Wicker Wanderers in 10th place at the moment, uh, played 13 uh, games at the moment with the points of 20. Up at the top, as we mentioned, uh, Oxford United in second place uh, with 28 points. Portsmouth at the top with 32 points. Barnsley in third with 26. Bolton Wanderers in fourth with 26. Peterborough United in fifth with 25 points. Uh, and Blackpool in sixth with 23. Uh, below the dotted line, Stevenage in seventh. Derby County in eighth. Lincoln City in ninth with 21 points. Uh, we'll hear from Andy Kerr talking to Phil in a few moments' time uh, about his uh, time at the club and talking about his memories and also uh, 30 years of the Chairboys being in the league as well. And later on, we'll hear from Craig Anderson as well. All on the McCondra Show. Online, on radio. Radio player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Bill Turnbull, a broadcasting legend whose tireless campaigning for prostate cancer awareness left a lasting legacy for men's health in the UK. Bill's message was clear. I really want you and your loved ones to take this simple online risk check now. Let's honour Bill's legacy together. Let's get men across the UK to check their risk. Let's broadcast it like Bill. Check your risk. Share the risk checker. Save lives. Tuesday evenings from 7. Hello, Phil here from Wickham Wanderers, host of Ringing the Blues, which you can listen to right here on Wickham Sound every Tuesday from 7 till 8. We'll have all the action from the game at the weekend, plus a whole host of players and guests associated with the club, plus our weekly feature, Till Death Us Do Part, where Wickham fans remember their favourite memories. Only on Wickham Sound, 7 till 8. The Wickham Wanderers Show, Thursdays from 7. Show second part of the show coming up later on. Craig Anderson uh, gives an update on Wickham Wanderers women. Uh, now, though, time to continue celebrating 30 years that the Care Boys have been in the league. With thanks, as always, to JDT and the X Players Association. And you'll hear more of this if you're going to the X Players Association. Uh, but this is a brilliant chat that happened uh, a couple of, I'd say a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't, it was a couple of months ago. With Phil and Andy Kerr. Talking about his time at the club and also the very special uh, games that happened while he was here. This is very, very interesting. We've got to talk about the circumstances because Wickham Wanderers nearly won the league the year before. And they came back from that absolutely crushing disappointment. What was the mood like coming into that season? It was one of those periods where you question yourself. You think, well, you've done so well and you came so close, but you failed. Uh, and, and somehow in the close season, and uh, to be fair, Martin did a fantastic job, draw us into the most important things, which was having the desire and the determination and, and that we could overcome things if we tried and we believed and we worked hard enough. Um, and, and really stayed tight at the back and allowed our midfielders and the likes of the Wests and the Guppies to go and do their thing. Defensively, um, as a season as well, it was quite a challenge because Glenn Creaser, the captain, 
uh, one of your centre-back partners. We lost him to injury, a freak injury at work. Flynn was a great defender and he had a, a fantastic career at Barnet before he came to Wickham and, and he was a great leader. Um, we were shocked when he, he got that injury at work. I think it was Zachary's or the, the truck went into the back of his heel. It was difficult for a while, but uh, fortunately, when you've got uh, other players like Matt and, and other great players like Andy Robinson, those type of players in the squad, we managed to kind of, I wouldn't say replace him, but we managed to piece things together and still stay tight, which was really important. Uh, but his presence definitely um, on the side of the pitch was just as important, even though he wasn't able to be that six foot three colossal on the pitch. Now, the, the start to the season was electric. I think the drew the first game, but after that, won the next nine. Some big old score lines in there as well. And I guess with the disappointment the season before, it was making sure that start was quick to make sure that everything was going to be smooth in terms of winning the title. We were lucky in the sense that the blend of the players that we have and their personalities and their characters uh, and their determination help the whole unit knit together. And you need that melting pot of, it's kind of a fusion of ingredients for things to work. And we did have this, we had steel when it was required. Uh, we had ability and talent when it was required. We had finishers in the, in the team that were, were there when they were needed to be. And we had some exceptional um, abilities like the, the likes of Dave Carroll and Steve Guppy. And, and they turned changed games. Um, and I remember that even as defenders, we used to have a bit of banter about scoring goals. And we love scoring goals. We love going up for corners and free kicks because we wanted to get in on the action as well. So um, it was just one of those periods in life that when you look back, you think it was really special and they don't happen all the time. Another game that really stands out this season in which you played a, a big part in and, and probably one you won't want to remember too well, Slough Town at home, absolutely round oh Adams God. Park, everyone up in the woods, thousand locked out. I remember being on the terrace and having to stand sideways. We were so cramped in there. Incredible atmosphere. An incredible result, but you got sent off. Fortunately, I would say that it was one of the very few times in my career that I'd got uh, gotten sent off, and it's heartbreaking. I, I don't know whether any people who've experienced playing sport and getting sent off, it's the most ter terrible feeling in your stomach. You know you've let the team down, even though you think to yourself, okay, that, it, that wasn't really, that wasn't justified. But then when you get in and you have to face people, and fortunately it turned out the score went out in our direction, but I probably wouldn't be here today. They'd have probably ripped me to pieces if they'd lost the game on the back of me getting sent off. Um, and Martin wasn't too impressed. You've spoken to Martin over the years, and when Martin loses it, he loses it. So uh, it's always good that you get a good result when, when players like myself get sent off. I was going to ask you, what was his reaction? Oh, man. I was, oh. I'll leave that to somebody else to tell you. <laughs> Suffice it to say. Everybody talks about Alex Ferguson. I've never, never met and never sat in a dressing room where Alex Ferguson did his, his rant. But I, I'd have a bet that Martin would put him a close second to, to, what, to what Alex Ferguson could say. Well, some chap called Keith Scott scored the winner that night. So he, he probably owe him a pint. He got, he got you out of trouble. He's in, the, he's in the top of the list when it comes to characters and personalities. His confidence and... Uh, um, and a really nice guy. He got injured that night as well after he scored the winner. Uh, and that was a, another tale of, of Wickham season. There was a few injuries along the way. Creaser, uh, Kim Casey, Keith Scott, really big players for Wickham, but they just seem to keep putting the results out. Yeah, and, and again, you've got to give the management credit because 
whoever they put out in the team, for some reason, when Martin got players on loan, when he put the team together, he was able to get us to, to um, be a unit uh, and literally focus on the things that matter. And they were, you know, defensively, you defend. When you're in midfield, you do your job. You've got to hunt down and you've got to create. And the forwards, Martin would keep it very simple and just say, stick the ball in the back of the net. I mean, how complicated can you get? But the other thing that we, we don't talk about too much is, the, is, is Adams Park. Um, when we moved from Lokes Park to Adams Park, the fact that we were moving from a pitch that was on a, a gradient next to a hospital to a flat pitch, that it, it was almost like moving to Wembley as our own stadium. Um, and, and to be fair, the pitch 90% of the time was in fantastic condition. And I'm sure that played a part in, in the way we played because we enjoyed playing football as well. Um, and, and the players that we had who were, who were pushing forward were great at having great services to, to, to provide and score goals. Another great night at Adams Park under the lights. Run corner at home in the league. A 5-1 victory. Steve Guppy. I'll never forget that goal. I can remember we, we, we broke out. We were basically, I think they, they'd had a, um, a corner that broke down and the ball broke free. And then he just opened his legs. And he was at that stage of his career where it was, things were really happening and his confidence had just elevated. Uh, and when he set off, it was like, you know, he's, you know nobody's going to stop him. You know, once, he, once he's opened his legs and once he's on his way and, and his finish was fantastic. And when he went to Leicester and he had a great career after that, he scored some great goals. But um, he, he, for me, from where he came from and the time he came, because he was, he was, I think he was 20 years old, um, not much experience, but his determination, the training day in, day out, after training, he'd go and do more training. He and I lived together for a while. Um, he was totally committed and uh, he had a great career. Was it uh, a surprise when he got that England cap? Because not many players have gone left Wickham and played for England. It, it, absolutely. He's, uh, he, he kind of broken that, uh, that, that, the ice sort of thing when he, when he got to talk about playing at the full level. I mean, we had players that played at uh, amateur level in the, in the England side, but it was fantastic. And, and again, the whole, it's the whole thing. When you look at it from a, um, a, a lens, from everything, you think there's certain things have to happen. And it's not just uh, because we did certain things. There was an element of the timing and Martin being around and Steve coming on at the right time at the right age. Um, Martin moving on and then the opportunity for Steve following up and having a, another enhanced career when they went to Scotland. Um, and then he was, he was recognised. And, 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 you know, unfortunately, Wickham Wanderers isn't the most fashionable name. Uh, but for that period, we, we managed to get on the map and people, people um, you know, remembered who we were and, and they know the name that Wickham Wanderers in, the, in UK football now. So that night against Runcorn, that goal by Guppy, but that really was the night. Although it wasn't mathematically certain, it would have taken an absolute disaster for Wickham not to win the league. I remember the crowd running onto the pitch. I remember running onto the pitch and jumping on Hakan Hayretin's back and everyone was celebrating. That was the night, I think, spiritually, Wickham won the league. What was the feeling with the players? In those days, of course, we used to have a big bath where all the players jump in the bath. Uh, there was, there was, everybody who had a suit on the changing room, they got wet. Uh, and there was, there was obviously champagne and, and, the, and the board, obviously, um, either Beaks or Beeksy to us uh, came in. And yeah, it was, it's a fantastic occasion. And it's when you look back and you realise that those those things don't happen very often in life that you look back in nostalgia and, and think, yeah, that was a very special period. 
So that was the league. But mm. Wickham Wanderers also won the FA Trophy. And yeah. what a run that was as well. Because, you know, I think Martin, when I spoke to Martin the other week, he was saying that he wanted to win absolutely everything. And he said that it was the icing on the cake and it would have ruined the season for him a little bit had Wickham not won the FA Trophy. Wembley used to be the, it was the pinnacle of our career. If you got to Wembley and if you managed to play on the turf and you managed to play in a big major tournament, it was a, it was a huge, it was a huge thing. And obviously many of us um, hadn't experienced playing on that turf because most of the games you saw were on TV and they were FA Cup finals and it was England. Uh, it was the fact that we could get there. It was just the, the whole, um, uh, the atmosphere and everything around that because I don't know whether you can remember, you may have been young, but the town, the whole of Wickham got behind the club. You know, hundreds of people that we never used to see all of a sudden we had this entourage of 30,000 people. And that was amazing in itself. It actually, for the player's perspective, it blew us away. It, it, it was one of those moments where you, you felt like you're, you're a Premier League player, never mind a non-league player. Um, but it was, it was very special. And let's talk about Wembley then. It was Runcorn again, who obviously would, would have remembered the 5-1 at Adams Park. Um, yeah. But Jason Cousins scored very early yeah. on. Uh, a great goal. And then I think you put up goal. What do you mean, you think? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so one of one of my greatest moments in my career was being able to follow Martin out onto the pitch as, as captain for the day because Glynn was injured. And um, Jason scored a fantastic... I think it may have only been the first five minutes or ten minutes. The free kick was fantastic. Um, his celebration was also out there. I'm sure he'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, he needed yeah. to jump the fence. He needed to go over the top of it. I think if I can recall, uh, we had a free kick out wide and it was one of those occasions where the defenders go up. Uh, and I, you know, canny, quite canny, tried to sneak in front of my defender and thankfully it came in and he hit the back of the net. And uh, there's no, I can't explain how you feel when euphoria runs through your system to the extent that you don't know what you're doing for about a minute. Um, it just goes straight up through to your head and then you feel this celebration, this excitement, and uh, it's hard in life to find a comparison or be able to explain in detail how you feel when you score a goal at Wembley, but it was, it was unbelievable. Best moment of your career? One of the best moments of my It was one of the highlights for sure. I mean, it's not very often you can... People can say I, I captain a team at Wembley and we scored and we won. So for sure, it was one of my um, highlights of my career. Um, one that I'll never forget and one, thankfully, because of people like you, uh, remind us and, and help it to be at the forefront of our mind occasionally. So thank you for that. No, formative memories for us as fans as well. And uh, I mean, this is also for, for fans who who wouldn't have been born then, who wouldn't have understood the history of our club. and and. Yeah, Wembley, it was fantastic to get the double. But then we moved into a summer of going into the Football League for the first time in the club's history. And thankfully, by a close escape, we've been there ever since. But that's a huge step for the history of the club. Yeah, and, and I'd say we were training. We trained hard. I think the players trained hard. But there was a, a gap in the, uh, the level you need to step up when you're training professionally. And, and we had to bridge that gap. And uh, I found that the first season was quite challenging because we, it's just partly the mindset and partly the, the gap you need to step up to be a real full-time professional. There is a, 
I mean, it's a split second difference, but that split second in, in, in any sport can make a big difference. And we needed to bridge that split second difference. And that's just an increase in training, increase in mental capacity and, and increased discipline. And uh, thankfully, the club's been successful ever since. But it wasn't easy at first, that's for sure. It was a big summer um, of decisions, big decisions for, for all the players. Um, but it started really, really well because the day after that lovely thing down at the town hall, Martin O'Neill did a press conference saying, thanks, but no thanks to Nottingham Forest. I've got a silly little dream and I'm staying at Wickham Wanderers. Yeah, I mean, he, Martin, Martin's his own man. He, he, he uh, did what he wanted to do and he, he thought it was right to um, stick with the challenge for at least a little while. And it's ironic because that season, I think, um, I think I mentioned it earlier, uh, there was this Martin and I were in a disagreement because I had the opportunity to probably um, uh, uh, have some trials at Wimbledon who were in the first division at the time. And we had our own little shenanigans. Um, <laughs> but, but for sure, when you think about the mentality of a, a manager, um, he's as good as he has the capabilities that you require and the discipline um, for success in a manager. That's for sure. A lot of the players, some of the younger ones, I think like Steve Guppy was probably already kind of as a pro sort of committed to the game, not having a job, et cetera. But a lot of the players would have had to really think about, do I quit my job to become a full-time footballer? Where were you in that conversation? No brainer. <laughs> so, you know, you dangle the carrots uh, of football as opposed to, I, I'd sacrifice. In it. And for better or worse, um, when you're in your 20s, if you love the sport, the money, money now matters more. Money then mattered, but not as much as it does now. And we would have quite, most of the players I know would have sacrificed uh, a lot just to have the ability to put football boots on every day, go training every day, have the camaraderie we have, have the spirit between the changing rooms. And we, we you know, as you, you, I'm sure you're picked up with the players, the relationships, you get to know people so well that you have really strong bonds. You can't get that in a workplace. You don't have those, you, that happiness and that connectivity and that, that team um, camaraderie doesn't happen um, outside of a changing room in an office. So uh, I would have sacrificed anything for that. Andy, you were one of those players in that immortal team for many, many Wicked Wanderers fans that saw us make that break from non-league, the famous non-league Wickham Wanderers becoming the Football League team. Uh, you were part of that team. You will always be remembered. So, uh, yeah, a legend. Thank you. Thanks so much. I can't, I can't say those that I can't be grateful enough um, for bringing this forward and reminding those players like myself of, of what happened and helping us remain nostalgic and connected and even though we're in different countries and different parts of the world. Um, so thank you and thank the rest of the Wiccan Wanderers backroom staff for doing everything to keep the dream alive. Um, and I hope it uh, continues to flourish. Uh, the man that followed out manager Martin O'Neill and Captain Wickham at Wembley in 1993, Andy Kerr. If you're heading to the uh, Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association dinner, uh, you'll hear lots more of that and more as well uh, from some of uh, the players and managers, uh, or manager I should say, uh, of the, the team in that era 30 years ago uh, at the Ex-Players annual dinner. Tickets are still available. Uh, you can find out more details on the Wickham Ex-Players Association uh, Facebook page. A big thank you to JDT as 
as always. And if you want to find out and hear some more uh, thoughts from ex-players from all over Chairboys history, uh, then you can find lots more uh, chats with them on the Wiccan Wanderers show uh, podcast feed. Just search for the Wiccan Wanderers podcast feed. Or if you're listening to this on the podcast, well, you're on the right place. So just, just scroll down and you'll find some more. Uh, we'll talk to Craig Anderson next. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Last part of this week's Wickham Wanderers show. Still time to hear from the gaffer before the end of the show. But first, let's turn our attention uh, to Wickham Wanderers women. I'm delighted to say that we can be joined uh, by Craig Anderson. Craig, how are you doing on this probably cold Thursday evening? I'm very well, thank you, Luke. Very good, thank you. Um, how are yourself? Yeah, all good, thank you. Uh, for people that haven't been keeping up to date, uh, bring us up to date with where Wickham Wanderers women are in the league. Obviously, there was the FA Cup at the weekend as well. Uh, so bring us up to date where we are with, with the chair girls. Chair girls are fourth in the league at the moment, um, which is, you know, uh, if, you, if anyone has been following over the last couple of years, is, is an improvement from last season where we, we did finish uh, bottom in the end. Um so Carl has done a fantastic job over the summer in, in recruiting uh, in his uh, people he wanted and, and sort of the style he wants to implement and over his first season sort of, you know, in, embedding that sort of philosophy and, and, and how he wanted to play. Um, so the league, the league's going really well. Um, we into the next round of the uh, County Cup, which is, uh, which is a lot of fun. You know, we was a, a good game, last minute goal against Penn and Tyler a couple of weeks ago at home. Um, which we actually got a our first sort of three-figure number crowd. So for the girls, obviously, really appreciate that. You know, 110 people coming to watch that game. Um, and a last-minute Maddie Armstrong winning goal, our first goal for the chair girls, which was good. Um, and sadly, yes, we did bow out of the FA Cup on Sunday, but, uh, you know, it's not to be sifted out against a good, uh, good, good Dartford side. Uh, let's talk about the attendance because obviously, if if you, people have been following the chair girls um, over the last couple of seasons, they've been at Burnham uh, this season uh, playing. The attendance is that must help the girls as well playing. We talk about it in the men's team about being you know the extra player, but that must be so good for the girls as well. It is, Luke. Um, you know, and at times last season when you know the weather's not great, um, results obviously you know not going your way. People are less likely to kind of want to come and watch and. And kind of come and, and see what it's all about. So attendances were sort of anything between sort of forty to sixty. But you know, this season um, hitting three figures in the last home game. Um, we've had regular um, girls football teams, like mascot football teams, um, come in and and having a coaching session on the pitch. And then you know the noise and the and the, and the vibrancy that the young girls and the mascots make for the for our players is. Uh, has been, has been fantastic and that game against Penn and Tyler where we, we did uh, get one ten, it, it at times honestly because of the ground and they're all sat close together it it can feel like hundreds and hundreds of, at uh, some stages but it really lifts the girls especially you know again in that game against Penn and Tyler we were 1-0 down and you know we scored two goals in the last sort of 20 minutes for that comeback and after after our goal in the equaliser you could you could feel it like you could just feel the ball being sort of Sort of sucked into the net. You'd see it all the time at uh, Adams Park when you know. And I know Tuesday night is an example. Obviously, it didn't go um, Wickham's way in the end, but certainly after that first goal from Luke Levy, you could sort of just feel it coming. And you know, when it came from David Wheelie, it wasn't a massive surprise just because of the, the atmosphere and, and the, the drive from the from the terrace to to, to bring it home. But um, yeah, the, the support of people this season has been evident. Um, and absolutely hand in hand, that's gone with results as well. So 
increased attendances and, and, and winning results is, uh, is something that the girls really appreciate. You mentioned about the, the difference between uh, last season and this season. Obviously, Carl having uh, time to bring in players that he wants to and, and make the changes. And something we actually mentioned with Phil earlier about putting his spin on on how he wants the club to run. Talk about some of those differences that that even you have seen uh, between last season and this season. I mean, when you win, you're happy. You know, it's not it's not a you know you you can be positive in defeat and you know try and see the. the um, try and see the, the the positives and the good things but you know just the 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 girls in general they're all so much happier um but the one big thing and this isn't a sort of a knock on anyone at all this is just my own observation but everyone i think when you win you just become a tighter group and when you lose it's easy to kind of be upset or disappointed in, in what's happening but winning just breeds togetherness and, and the togetherness at the moment with the girls is um is is the biggest thing like it's, everyone is is one big group. There's no clicks. There's no, you know, favoritism. It's just one big group of, of, of players. And that goes from the first team all the way down to the under 18s. You know, that togetherness isn't just the first team, that, that sort of 18, 20 girls. That's, you know, every single player from under 18s that's just joined us to, to first team um, that, that have been with us for or nine or ten years so it's I'd say the togetherness league absolutely and actually something that you mentioned there for some people that might not know that it's not just the first team but there are other sides as well that come under the, the Wickham Wanderers women umbrella yeah the times we've got more players than the men sometimes but uh, yeah so we've got the under 18s that play the JPLs the Junior Premier League on Saturday morning um, if we're at home that's a half past ten kickoff for Burnham um, and then we've got the other 23s, which last season you may, uh, people that were following Jago's Wars called the reserve team, but has been uh, rebranded, shall we say, to the under 23s. And then we have got to the first team. But so they all train at the same time. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be there right now at Burnham training tonight. Um, and yeah, it just, it's like we, you know, you've heard a number of the players over, over the last few weeks with Colin speak about, it, especially the new girls that have come in and how they've been impressed and you can see that pathway from under 18 all the way up to first team and it's uh it's a it's a it's a nice um incentive for those younger girls to to get to the first team it's like we scripted this conversation because you know exactly where i'm going every time um i want to talk about the, the <laughs> girls themselves because something that we've heard as you mentioned um on this show over the last week and couple of months but also on social media is that that togetherness that they feels, but also sort of the ambassadors that they are for the club, but also for the the women's game as well, showing you know what can be done, and and you talk about you know starting from under 18s all the way up to the first team as well. They're just doing a great thing for for the women's side as well. Yeah, I think you talk about ambassadors and and, and you know like that. You see, you know, not not too long ago, um, our captain Bobby Lynch became a ambassador for Horizon, who David Wheeler is also an ambassador for. Um, and, you know, again, coming up in the next couple of weeks, there is going to be a build-up to Foundation Day on the 11th um, at Adams Park, and there's going to be, you know, certain activities going on in the community, and, you know, we're all we're already um, excited to, to, to see not just, obviously, the men's players, uh, uh, you know, taking part in them, but obviously our, our female players as well, some of the, our, our under-18s or first-team players, they are going to be with the men doing these appearances. So for us to be alongside them, that's obviously the girls are massively motivated um, by that. Um, but it also, like you say, look at, you know, the way women's football is just growing every single day, you know, game by game, weekend by weekend. 
um, the girls understand that responsibility and they are thriving under it. They are enjoying it and uh, they want more. Uh, talking of more, let's talk about the upcoming fixtures. Uh, a busy November awaits next month after uh, Sunday, the 29th game against Woodley United. Yes, Woodley will be uh, Woodley will be a good one away. Um, you know, back back to league action. Woodley is a few old ex Wickham players playing for Woodley, so you know it's not too far as well. So there'll be a nice sort of derby atmosphere to uh, to that one on Sunday. I'm sure. First time we've met them in the league as well. They got promoted last season, um, but then yeah, Eastley at home. On on the fifth back at home, we beat uh, last we played Eastleigh one two three nil at home I think it was, but it was a victory nonetheless. Uh, then away against Warminster, and then back in the County Cup at home against against Abingdon United. That'll be a tough game. Um, good side Abingdon. Uh, Bournemouth Sports away. Um, last time we went down there to the south coast, we we beat them in the League Cup quarter final last season um, to an Esme Sword goal. Um, so again, that'll be a that'll be a good one. And then Milton, uh, Milton away in the cup as well. Um, and the last time we we travelled to Milton was uh, part of our um, our bright spot in November in um, February, beg your pardon, of, of last season, where we uh, we actually went to Milton, who were top of their league at the time. We were bottom, but we went there and beat them five one. So you know that was a, that was the pick me up we needed in February um, to to kick on and, and and have a little run of of late season form. Um, but it's it's you know it's what we're about. Carl always talks about you know promotion and winning breeds winning, and I, I, I think um, I think that that sort of run of games. You know when we come out of December and we we start looking at January after a little break over Christmas. I think you know we could be in the next round of two cups, and um, if we keep plucking away at the league like we have been, we could be right up there challenging. Uh, for people that want to come and support the chair girls at Burnham FC, uh, tell people all the details they need to know. Social media is the best sort of thing to look at there. Um, go to Twitter or, or Instagram or X if it's not called Twitter anymore. Whatever it's called this day, really. I'm not really sure. Whatever it's called. Go to the app that we used to call Twitter and Instagram. And even on Twitter, we have our fixtures pinned. And I'm pretty sure it's the same on Instagram as well. So you'll see all of the fixtures. Um, it also says on there, any home game is at two o'clock on a Sunday at Burnham. Um, great facilities at Burnham. Anyone that's come down so far that I've spoke to or have seen at men's games or girls' games, I've always spoke so highly of Burnham um, with the facilities and that lots of nice food. We've got chips. We've never not had chips at, at Burnham League. That's how, that's how good it is. They brave, love chips. Brave not mentioning chips on this show. <laughs> Don't mention hot dogs. Yes. Don't mention hot dogs. Just keep no, it in chips. Um, I've... I've so many people have sent me that picture in the last two or three days. Almost as like, Craig, explain this. Yeah. I'm just like, I have nothing to do with that hot dog. <laughs> you and me both. It's... <laughs> I want proof it was actually bought in Wickham. I, I'm not sure. Uh, it's It's been great to follow the chair girls this season. And as I said earlier, it's been great to hear from some of the players as well, because the men's team, you hear from the players a lot and you, you build those characters. And obviously we, we it's great to have them down at Adams Park as well, uh, talking to us when we're down there at the gazebo. Uh, but it's been great to, to learn those characters and we're starting to see it in the videos that uh, that you and Bobby are putting up on social media as well. And as, as I said earlier, it just seems like it's it's a great family at the chair girls. Yeah, there, and one of the first things when I went in, uh, when I started working with the with the girls last year, was uh, was I, I wanted to see the personalities. I wanted to see... The, the the funny ones, the silly ones, the smart ones, the 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 intelligent ones, and just the, that mesh of them all together, and uh, you know, just even the stuff off camera that would, you know, they you know they're they're uh, they're meetups before games, they're always laughing, they're joking, um, you know, the 
I think I think you see those personalities more and more and more um, as every day comes past. But yeah, t- if you go over to our TikTok pages, uh, you know Bobby, some of the younger girls as well, like they're making TikToks and just you know they're, they're relaxed, they're having fun. Um, but then when it comes to it, and it, you know it comes ready to to go, you know you then see via you know via pitch side highlights and um, other stuff that you know they can transfer that togetherness off the pitch to on the pitch. So. Um, yeah, those personalities are really shining through on both. And the celebrations as well, Luke, and I can tell you for sure, for someone that last season was begging them to run over to the camera to celebrate this season, they are absolutely loving it. And I'm delighted. No one's happier than me. <laughs> uh, Craig, as always, brilliant to talk to you. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you at some point soon, talking about either Wickham Wanderers women uh, or the men's team as well. Uh, as always, thank you, Craig, for joining us. Thank you, Luke. Have a good one. Thank you, you too. Uh, one last thing to do on tonight's show. Let's hear from the gaffer. Spill. Phil even uh, spoke to him at today's press session. Gaffer, at the end of a very busy uh, seven or eight days of football, uh, but it's a local trip, so that must be a relief not to be going all the way up north today. Yeah, we're looking forward to the game. We know it's going to be uh, another really competitive game against very good opposition. Um, we've had two good games already this week. Um, and we're looking forward to, to recovering and getting preparing right and and hopefully going and performing in the way we believe we have done this week. I think we've shown some really good bits this week. Um, very disappointed and um, slightly frustrated not to have picked up more points. Um, but ultimately, um, you get what you deserve. We have to make sure that we deserve more. There were plenty of positives, though, to be working on uh, today up at the training ground as well, though, on that performance on Tuesday, second half especially. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, as we always do, we, we watch it back and um, analyse the footage and the... And the data, um, you know, all the stats and the data tells us that we've outperformed Peterborough and, and Bolton in our last two games. Um, but ultimately, the only stat that matters is the is the, is the goals column. And um, you know, we we do believe that um, we could have picked up more points than the one from from the two games. But um, we're going uh, trying to go about our business in a certain way, and we believe that we're, we're building. Um, we have to learn quickly in terms of translating that into to points on the board, um, but. This group are desperate to learn. As I said after the game the other evening, they're they're really keen to to take and shoulder responsibility of performances. So, um, yeah, we've we've analysed it um, and we've gone through it, and we're going to try and improve it and, and try and make sure we keep moving forward. We're at that stage of the season where the suspensions are starting to come up now for players. We're without Josh Gowen on Saturday as well, but there's a couple of injuries as well uh, to a few injuries that we've known about for a few weeks now. Is that making the job more difficult? Yeah, most certainly so because. Um, you know, we'd love to have a full squad to pick from. Um, I don't think there's been a, there certainly hasn't been a game all, all season where we've had that full full squad. Even going back into pre-season, we know that we've had um, been carrying injuries from from the from the day the boys returned. So it's not it's not getting any easier in that that regard. But it's why you put the squad together. You know, you're going to come up against injuries during the season. You know, there's going to be suspensions. You know, you're going to have stuff off the pitch to 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 mitigate and to to move with. So. Um, yeah, it, when the, one door closes and no one opens, it's an opportunity for someone else to play. Um, and the lads have been training extremely well recently, so um, we believe in the squad we've got to we've put together, and, and we hope that that will will carry us through. There's been some really good performances and, and strong results. Uh, are you looking now for what we would call a statement win against a team that's right up there? Because you said the performances of late against some of those teams have, have warranted more. Is that what's missing at the moment, do you think? Yeah, possibly so. I think that, um, as I've repeated several times this season, we go after the performance. We go after the way in which we're trying to, the manner we're trying to do it. We go after 
um, taking ourselves to the opposition and, and imprinting us in the game. I think that was the slight frustration from Tuesday night as it took us to half-time and altering a slight couple bits to, to really imprint ourselves in the game. Um, we want to be playing on the front, front foot. We want to be um, the ones um, taking the game to the opposition. And, and like I say, shots, shots on target, um, box actions, everything that are really big indicators of a positive result were in, have been in our favour for two games running. Um, so we have to make sure we carry that on. And if we do that, then we, we know the results will come. Um, we've shown that earlier in the season. Um, we're disappointed to have lost the game on Tuesday night, but we're energised and looking forward to, to a local derby and, and one that we want the players to go and perform in the way they have been. Liam Manning is, is a man steeped in Ipswich, a bit like yourself. Yeah, I know known Liam 20, well, 25 years or something. He's um, come through the youth system two years younger than, than me at Ipswich, so you know our history goes back a long way and his assistant, Hoggy. Um, you know, they're good people, nice people, good football people, um, people who you want to... Obviously not on Saturday afternoon, but it's people who you want to do well because they deserve it. Um, they've gone and done their coaching. Um, you know, they've got hours and they've got their um, experience and they've, they've come back into first-team football. And, um, you know, Liam did a great job at, at Milton Keynes and, and has taken it on at Oxford as well. So, um, yeah, good people, um, but will be the best of enemies on Saturday afternoon. We talk to players about football. We talk to them about all sorts of different things for Wanderers TV. The thing that's come through from the new boys straight away is the family environment of Wickham Wanderers. Uh, you spoke at the start of the season about creating the environment. It's something that's been in place for a long time. It's something that you've taken on as well. Uh, how do you like to hear that from those new boys coming in, that they feel that this is the best atmosphere in football? It's lovely to hear because um, we believe in it. Uh, and I think that maybe the slight um, risk with being in one place for so long is that you become um, blind to what, is the truth and we don't want to be, do that so it's lovely to hear that um, what we believe is the truth is the is the real truth and what they're seeing um, we believe in family we believe in improvement these are the, the values that we try and live our lives by um, obviously I've been a part of it here where you know the gaffer before was a massive advocate for that uh, and it's something that I know is imprinted in this football club it's imprinted at the walls at the training ground and it was one of the biggest things that I was really um, conscious of continuing um, from the last legacy so I'm really pleased that the lads feel that. Um, we try to give it our own slight um, tweak on with our personalities and being authentic to ourselves as well. So, um, yeah, we certainly believe in it wholeheartedly and it's one, one value that we, we certainly won't, um, won't change. Good stuff. Let's hope it's a happy bus coming back from Oxford Saturday. Let's, let's hope so. Top, Top man. man. Cheers, Cheers. Cheers. And that's a lot for this week's Wickham Wanderers show. All back to normal on Thursday. Colin will be here. Uh, a big thank you to JDT from the Ex-Players Association. Thank you to Craig Anderson. Thank you to Phil, as always. And thanks for listening. Good luck to the Chairboys on Saturday against Oxford United at Oxford. You hear live commentary here on Wickham Sound with Phil. Build up from two, live commentary from three. Have yourself a good weekend. And come on, you blues. <laughs>